Hey, let me show you something. Come on. Come on. All right, so welcome back to Chaotically Intolerant. It's episode 110. Um, we are uh, year year two, just just outside of year two. So it's really exciting. Um, we uh, we have a lot of different things going on today. This is a big episode. Football's back, so just enjoy that. Really, really, really take it in. Football's back. You get to sit down on your couch for seven, eight hours every Sunday, and really like 12, including Sunday night football, which this week's was was a stinker. Um but we have Curtis Brown from the Curtis Podcast Network joining the show today. We're going to talk all things AFC South. This is a big week and just a big season for the AFC South this year. Um, so any AFC South fans, this is this is exciting. Um, we're going to do an AFC South snake draft. So make sure you can vote on that um, at the link in the description below or on our website at chaoticallyintolerant.com. Um, season finale of Summer Smash is out now on YouTube, our uh, ping pong documentary. We have eight episodes out now, um, and that's that's going to be the end of the season for this year. But in 2024, more of it's coming back. We've, we've already renewed it. Um, so that's really exciting. And our Tech Mobile live streams are coming back uh, on September 20th at 8 p.m. That's when we're going to be seeing the Tech Mobile live streams again. Uh, I know a lot of people do enjoy watching it. It's about 20 minutes long. It's just a little retro, retro football uh, video games. Um, the Colts are 9-1, and one, I think heading into the to the next week or more than that maybe they're they're way ahead in their division um so it's really exciting this is a big episode um and make sure to uh visit us at chaoticallyintolerant.com our brand new website we just uploaded it last week it's really exciting i'm so happy to have it um and i want everyone else to check it out we have a blog on there we have a bunch of different things so you can go check out and really spend some time on there it's it's exciting so um you know, I, I hope you guys enjoy this episode and, and, you know, make sure to listen to past episodes. Make sure to keep listening to ours um, in the future and make sure to go listen to Curtis's, uh, the Curtis Podcast Network. Um, he, that's where he does the AFC South show. It's really exciting. Him, him and his uh, few guys over there, they do really, really good work. I love their stuff. I, I listen to it um, from time to time. I got, you know, I got a busy, busy schedule, but I do make sure to get in time for them. So, um Hope you guys enjoy the episode, and we'll see you soon. All right, all right, and welcome back, chaotically intolerant episode one ten. We have special guest Curtis Brown, recurring guest. I think this is number three now. I think I so. want to say that we've had you on. Um, yeah. I figured this is a big AFC South couple weeks. I mean, the Colts they played the Jags today. They play the Texans next week. Um, I would assume there's another divisional game next week. I would hope so. Um, so we can we can do a little look ahead here. Yeah. Let's see, week two. Oh, Chiefs Jags. That's a big week for the AFC South. 
Yeah, that's a, a rematch of the divisional round. Yeah. And then, um, oh, Titans Chargers, which again, very big week, mm-hmm. I would say. So, Mass, you know, this is, this is, I would say, one of the most important weeks, most important seasons for the AFC South, quarterback wise, development wise. Yeah. Man, it's hard to argue that in any other way because our whole division is, is, with the exception of Tannehill, young quarterbacks. So, I mean, and somewhat talent. I mean, let's let's be honest. Will Levis isn't isn't the best right now. We didn't see much out of him in camp, and I don't even I didn't even hear from him in uh, the regular season or in in the preseason. So, yeah, I think he got hurt after his first appearance. Makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, he got hurt, and he's been he's been shelved ever since. Yeah, he's. I have a strong feeling it's going to be his whole career, but who knows? He might have a Malik Willis. He'll come in for like half a game, and everyone will be like, "Wow, we know why he was drafted so low, and <laughs> why he dropped so much." Yeah. yeah thank and then, the Lord. Thank the Lord. No, uh, nobody else took him before Anthony Richardson. <sighs> or and Anthony Richardson didn't get taken before the Colts pick. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, see. I don't know. I was I was of the opinion that Anthony Richardson. Let, let, put, let's hold on. Hold on. Let me back this up. Okay. <laughs> let's just say hypothetically, Anthony Richardson was like, "I'm not coming out of the the draft in 2022, 2023 mm-hmm. draft. I'm not doing it. I'm gonna wait till 2024." He's like a fourth round draft pick. Yeah, I I would agree. I mean, this Gator team. The the only thing, this Gator team being so bad helps his stock even more. Yeah. Because it's like, wow, this guy, there was like a a legitimate conversation early in that season. They were like, wow, this Gator team could be like a top 10 team in the the country. Yeah. And now they're not even close. No, nowhere near close. But next year's draft class is going to be flush with Mm -hmm. dudes. From Caleb Williams, Drake May, um, what was that other kid? I don't think Shadir Sanders is eligible to be drafted, but um, basically everybody in the Pac-12 right now is lighting it up. And I feel like isn't isn't Shadir? He would be going into his third year next year, right? Because he was one year at Jackson State. Yeah, so he's got a year. He's got a year. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's literally like 11 draftable quarterbacks, and mm-hmm. I've heard as many as seven are first-round talent. Jesus. So that's my theory as to why uh, AR would be a fourth-round draft pick, because a lot of those guys, like a Drake May, like a Caleb Williams, those guys are closer to a generational talent than, say, Anthony Richardson. Yeah, I think so. I would say the one thing that I've hung my hat on for Richardson, because when we, when we first drafted him, I screamed into the TV, no, oh, my God, even though I knew it was going to happen. I yeah. was like, this is most likely going to happen. Um, the thing that I've hung my hat on is one with the Colts committing to a quarterback mm. saying, saying, whatever happens, we're sticking with our guy. We're going to stick with this guy and see what happens. He could be cut in two years. But I would say, you know what? They took a chance and they said, let's put all the chips in. Um, the other thing that I'm hanging my hat on is that Anthony Richardson is a 
physical specimen of a human being. He wants to, I think he wanted to play at 255, 6'3, 255. That's, that's a monster. And I think we saw it today. He's hard to bring down just mm-hmm. as a quarterback, just as, as a human being, he's hard to bring down, especially that he has the cannon that he does have. Yes. Are the Colts going to be smart enough to use that cannon? No, they're not. They're, mm-hmm. they're dumb. They're morons. They're stupid. And I don't want to, I I'm like, I sound annoying because it's like, this is a, the guy's first start mm-hmm. and it's um, Steichen's first game as, as you know, an NFL head coach, but can we take one deep shot? Just, just, just try to throw it deep one time, try yeah. to throw it 30 yards in the air one time. Cause I know Richardson can do it. They did it at the, at the Florida pro day where they had him hit the, the goddamn ceiling in the place. Yeah. How are we not doing this? How are we not taking a shot? And it is week one, so I'm overreacting. This is more what it is. Not not week one reactions, week one overreactions. Yeah. Well, I think it, the only reason that you don't take a shot in week one, and it's mostly because of who you're playing. Mm-hmm. The Jaguars defense, while not like the most intimidating in the South, probably has the best corner room and at least top two uh safety rooms uh that's probably why if i had to guess but also shane steichen is trying to work on the little stuff with him because he's got to learn on the fly there's a lot of stuff that he was able to do at florida that probably just won't fly and you got to break some of those habits before you just all right kid go out there on cork one for 75 yards and uh let's see what happens um plus i mean you got so what? Alec Pierce and Isaiah McKenzie, or the and I guess Josh Downs too, got some speed to him. Well, but. Pittman Jr. is the number one guy, and then you have Pierce and Josh Downs is he's he's a I mean he was a great pick when we picked him, but he's I think he's going to be a really good wide receiver. I do too. I have a lot of uh, high expectations for Josh Downs. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't necessarily like crapping on Michael Pittman, but the man just. He doesn't get large chunks of yards. That's just not what he does. You give him like nine, ten catches, he'll get nine, eight, nine yards every time on average. And, um, you know, that that keeps the chains moving. But he's, yeah. he's just not your deep shot guy. That's why I didn't include him in that little list there. But, um, I don't know. Richardson is, a, is absolutely a physical specimen. And I am excited to see the way he develops, but I feel like he'll develop more in line with probably more in line with Vic with less accuracy. His accuracy is a problem. Um, There were, were, I mean, the interception obviously was a bad throw. I think, I think people are giving him a little bit more shit for it than I think he does deserve. It was a tough throw to make. Um, I liked him taking the shot at least. Uh, yeah. when he threw the, when he threw that pick, I was like, that looks like a rookie interception that a rookie would throw. He was trying to hit his tight end on the sideline. If he threw it higher, I know Mo Cox could have gone up to get it, but it wasn't as, it wasn't a horrendous throw. Yeah. I, again, I mean, I only got one deep shot out of him and I understand the, the working on the little things, but there were times it felt like I was watching the Eagles offense, like the Eagles offensive play calling. But they just didn't have – they don't have the, the guys there yeah. to do it. That's that's the big thing is Steichen is trying to run what he did in Philly 
and you just don't have the pieces yet, or maybe everybody's not quite as familiar with the system yet. With time, I guarantee that there'll be a lot more deep shots taken. Could be like week three, four, something like that, that uh, the offense and everybody just starts, uh, probably the whole NFL will just kind of get to a different level once they've really shaken the rust off. Yeah, and and I think there's a lot of cults. Like I, again, I bought into the prop the Anthony Richardson propaganda that was put out by the cults. You know, it's like the Soviet Union. I, I bought into that propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think a lot of Colts fans really expected more. I thought that the ceiling for the Colts, if you went directly into the offseason knowing you had Richardson, that ceiling was like ten wins. Um, if every single thing went correct, if everything went right, there was no injuries, nothing like that. They could win 10 games. Taylor get Taylor having his bullshit was mm. already like, okay, that's 10 wins is not possible. Nine wins. If everything else goes right besides that. And then you lose Zach Moss, which was, I, I think that was big because Deion Jackson looked horrible today. I think he had two fumbles. He, he had a couple drop passes. I mean, I love the guy. I love him as a runner, but he was horrendous. Yeah. Um, and now I just keep getting pushed. I mean, I knew obviously the best possible scenario is unlikely to happen. I'm expecting them to like win like three to five games and yeah. as like my realist possibility. So I'm not disappointed. Am I going to be pissed off that they lose every Sunday? Yeah. Is it going to ruin my Sunday? Maybe a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but I have my own. Ex- I, I have an understanding of the expectations and a lot of Colts fans, I think, are over they they expect too much of this Colts team and they're they're gonna call for everyone's head they're calling for Ballard's head because of this game they're like I hate Ballard I was like you guys gotta understand this man just bought another three years of job security for himself by drafting Richardson and it's gonna take time especially with this kid it's going to take time and I think he looked better than than a lot of people could have expected I'm gonna give you a little pushback on the three years uh, of of uh, job income. security, yeah, job security. Um, Anthony Richardson has three years of job security. If Ballard Ballard gets this season and maybe next season, but if there's not like whatever happens this year, if there's not improvement on it next season, he's gone. He's partially the reason I think that uh, Steichen was like, we're going to start Anthony Richardson so early because of how much pressure Ballard is actually under because the team has not really performed super well uh, the last couple seasons. So I I think that, um, you know, bad season this year, bad season next year, Ballard's out the door. I think there's a lot of pressure on him to do anything. Yeah. uh, You're uh, the drafting a couple good linebackers and some good running backs and few wide receivers. It's not going to get you far. In yeah. this league, you got you got to nail down the quarterback. Yeah, and it's been long enough. Seriously, I'm I'm getting sick and tired of the. I mean, I'm wearing the luck jersey. I always wear the luck jersey. That's it's my jersey. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm getting sick and tired of hearing people make excuses for him. Um, because I, I get the 2019 season. I get it. You try you you were in a bad spot. I obviously at the time I was like, yeah, that's what they should have done. They should have tried to go out and win some games. Hindsight, they could have gotten Joe Burr if they just said, fuck it, we're, we're just going to say say goodbye this season. We're going to go out and get Joe Burrow. Yeah, kind of like Frank, they did with Andrew Luck. Yeah. Has Frank Reich ruined Joe Burrow? Most likely. 
He does. I felt like I was watching Frank Reich today. It, it was horrendous. It was, I mean, he was, I felt like they, they ran the ball three times into the, into the middle of the pack yeah. on, on a few different drives where I was like, what are you doing? You need to score a touchdown here. You're up three, you're up whatever. You need to score a touchdown here. So I didn't, it, it, it made me sick to my stomach, but I don't want to talk about the Colts too much. Cause there's three other teams that are probably better than the Colts. Um, we'll talk about the Jags, the winners today, the, uh, only one and O team in the, yes, only one and O team in the AFC South. Mm. They out talented the Colts at the end. Yes. That that's pretty much how they're going to win most of their games in the South. Um, cause you know, we played the, the Texans play the Colts next week and then they play the Jacksonville Jaguars. We have a pretty interesting little stretch right here. I, uh, I've been saying all all off season that it's the Jaguars' division to lose. Um, they 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 bolstered that offense in the off season. Trevor Lawrence is you know we're expecting good things out of him, and so far he's delivering. Uh, Christian Kirk had a solid day, uh, or not Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley. Sorry, now he's the new number one now. Um, yeah, that offense is going to be an absolute force in in the South at least. Uh, I, I, I could see them getting back to divisional round, maybe the AFC championship game this year. If, uh, you know, health, if health. Yeah. If, if health uh, works out for them, <laughs> I, um, I feel like they were, I mean, it's week one, so we're going to overreact. I don't, you know, I'm not going to preface it with that anymore. People should just understand. Yeah. They were a little underwhelming today. Uh, the yeah. end, obviously they out talented them. They scored the touchdown after that pick to really seal things. This game was not even close to over um, with what? I think two minutes was when the pick happened. Yeah. Maybe under two minutes. So it was underwhelming. I've been – I've always said the Jags are going to win the division this year. That was my – I was fully confident in it. But I never really – I've never really believed in them to be a fantastic team. It's it's pretty easy to win the AFC South. Yeah. You could probably do it at 9-8 and eight this year. Maybe yeah. even a losing record because the Titans don't look good. The Houston doesn't look good, and the Colts definitely don't look good. Yeah. Um, are they get? I think a, a step forward for them, not even winning a playoff game this year, just just winning ten games. I feel like you win the extra game, you win ten games. That's a step forward for them. Yeah, because Doug Peterson, he's probably the best coach they've had ever, arguably. Yeah, since at least since Coughlin. He's yeah, he's got to have. Almost, not unlimited job security, but if they keep improving just in the wing column, his job security is going to be fine. Yeah. Um, I even if they have to go play, because they might have to go play a heart of real good team in the wild card round if they win the division. So okay. I wouldn't expect them to win a playoff game. They got to tighten it up. Uh, Lawrence had some; he had some really good moments, and they had some bad moments, like that uh, almost interception um, that he threw basically right to Julian Blackman today which black blackman just bobbled so i'm giving them i'm giving them be- the benefit of the doubt but it felt like they almost didn't even deserve to be one and oh until the end yeah yeah i mean everybody struggles week one you're finally implementing the new system you're showing everybody what you're gonna do um you're trying to figure out who's who on your team uh because i mean you can play anybody in the preseason but you don't know what you've got until the regular season starts. 
All offseason, the Jags have improved their offense. Their defense is going to be the biggest question mark, probably known to man this year. Um, it's not like their defense was really able to shut much of anything down last year. I doubt they'll be able to do anything like that this year. Uh, their defense is going to be a liability for them unless some dudes really step up. Because uh, I, I didn't really even have the Colts score in that many points against the Jags this week. So I was, I was definitely disappointed in the way that their defense played. There's probably some individual efforts that, you know, were pretty solid. But as a team, I mean, you're letting up 21 points to a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback. And you've got a bunch of dudes who are on second contracts on your team. That, that shouldn't be happening. So <sighs> the Jags, man, they're going to jag as much as they possibly can and still win games. Yeah. Yeah, um, Trevor Lawrence being the uh, being the next Andrew Luck, I, yeah. I still love hearing that every once in a while because I'm like, I mean, the guy is clearly improving, but Andrew Luck won 11 games his first season in the NFL and turned a two and two and 14 Colts team into 11 and five. So maybe maybe people were a little <laughs> too excited <laughs> to yeah. start out. Yeah, but I mean, it's not like that two and 14 Colts team the year before was. I mean, if they had a quarterback, they would have been okay. You know, yeah. I mean? They, I remember they almost beat the the Brady Patriots that year. Yeah, I mean, what was uh, who was the quarterback for you all that year? It was that what? was the guy who looked like Jesus, um, Whitehurst. Yeah, I think Charlie Whitehurst was there, and uh, Dan Orlovsky at some point. Orlovsky, I think I'm there was sure. another. There was another one. Yeah, was it uh, Painter? Painter, that's who it is. <laughs> yeah, Curtis Painter. I don't like yeah. to think about those names. Yeah, that was a dark time for the Colts. That was, uh, <laughs> you know, Peyton's neck injury year. Oh, man. Yeah. Ugh. Weird time. Um, oh, my God, such a weird time. Yeah. Let's talk about the Titans. So I feel like Ryan Tannehill kind of forgot that DeAndre Hopkins is actually old. Because he threw up two jump balls to Hopkins that maybe five, six years ago he he brings down with ease. Not this time. He, it's not DeAndre Hopkins of old. I, I didn't get to watch a whole lot of the game. Uh, I did get to watch probably the last, I don't know, seven minutes in the fourth quarter. And it, it really didn't look like that offensive line was doing many things to help Ryan Tannehill. Mm -hmm. Um I kind of expected there to be a drop-off in production for D-Hop because D-Hop is not going to get the targets that he's used to in any other building. Uh, the Titans historically throw the ball. Like last season, they threw the ball 26.8 times, which was the league worst, league lowest. <laughs> um, the For perspective on that number, 1949, the league leader in pass attempts, through for 26.3. Just to kind of give you a perspective on how much they're not actually throwing the ball. That person's <laughs> name was Y.A. Tittle, by the way. And, um, yeah, it, it's pretty rough to be a, a Titans fan right now because they've all been calling for, you know, a complete offensive line overhaul. Uh, the, the dudes that they brought in were backups, with the exception of uh, the first-round draft pick. Skaronsky, I think yeah. he's going to develop into a solid player. I but love every, him. Yeah. yeah, no, he's one hell of a blocker out of Northwestern. But 
I mean, everybody else on that offensive line is new. They have five new starters. So <laughs> there was going to be bumps and bruises. The Saints defense is not to be messed around with. They, they've been slept on pretty, pretty aggressively. Um, honestly, both of those defenses came to play today. You're going to have what the Titans scored five field goals. And I think the Saints had like three of their own. So. They had a in the first half, they went, it started Saints fumble, Titans field goal, Saints field goal, Titans field goal, Saints punt, Titans punt, Saints punt, Titans punt, Saints field goal, uh, Titans INT, Saints punt, Titans field goal, Saints INT, and then the end of the half. Yeah. What a, what an electric first half it was. It was like I was watching California and Auburn all over again. <laughs> Jeez, Big Ten, it's Big Ten football. That's what it reminded me of. Just it's all yeah. Big Ten football. Oh man, it was rough. It was rough. Um, I, I work at a, a pizza place, and usually on Sundays we get a bunch of Titans fans coming in there, and we did that today. And when I tell you, everybody was you know like we got to get rid of Tannehill. I mean, literally everyone. I had like a 75-year-old woman being like, I don't understand why the Titans held on to 17. What has he got? You know? Let that the young kid, what's his name, Willis, get in there? That kid's got some moves. I'm like, Jesus. And oh for, for people from Tennessee to be rooting for an African-American quarterback to go in there, <laughs> you, you really got it. You really got to want Tannehill out of there. Let's be honest. Let's let's just be honest. Yeah, yeah. You really gotta not like Tannehill. I mean, I've yeah. probably gotten like two or three different text messages from from Titans fans in the area being like, ah, "Tannehill ain't it. We gotta we gotta do something." So I mean, He's, yeah, it, it's it's widespread for the Titans fans. Um, I also think that eventually they'll be able to settle in once all these guys on their offensive line get to chance to gel. Because that's that's the only way it happens is just at the same five guys walking out of the field and playing together many weeks in a row. Eventually, on the offensive line, they'll get shit figured out. Uh, Derrick Henry will become Derrick Henry of old again, and uh, the Titans will do okay. I'm not expecting them to be earth beaters by any means, but uh, you know, seven eight wins seems pretty likely. Yeah. Um, I the Titans, it's it's like Groundhog Day to me, yeah. with with their entire organization. I mean, when when they, I, I feel like it was probably twenty nineteen. They won the division in nineteen, right? Uh, nineteen. Right? Or no, Houston won in nineteen. Mm, no, I think up. it was. I think they won nineteen twenty and twenty one. Let me look at the history here. Um, because last year the Jags won. Yeah, 19, 20, and 21. So they were the number one seed in 20, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. I feel like that was that was their year. You know, that I mean that was obviously like the window. And I feel like that went they just keep they they keep trying to hold a window open that is just shutting on them and shutting on them. Like God just keeps he just keeps slamming that window shut. And it yeah. drops a couple more inches and they're just trying to push back. And you you have to be like, let it go. Just just shut just rip the whole thing apart, take the engine out, 
just destroy the whole thing and start from scratch. The fact D Hop even wanted to go there, I, I I remember when I got the notification, it was like DeAndre Hopkins signed with Tennessee Titans. I was like, why? What? That is like the weirdest place to go of all time. Yeah. And I, I think it's got to be a little bit to do with uh, something that you already mentioned, him being a little older. Um, I, I think a lot of people were not trying to give him that kind of money, and the Titans were that kind of desperate. So yeah. that's probably what it all came down to because Houston didn't even pick up the phone. And he came and visited some of the players in Houston just to you know say what's up. Um, n- no calls. Casario didn't call him for anything. Um, and it might be because there's probably some bad blood from when he left. But, I mean, damn. That that guy is one of the best wide receivers in franchise history, and you're not even going to give him a call. Yeah, there's got to be something going on there. Um, you know, he'll probably end up with a 1,000 yards and somewhere in the ballpark of 60 to 75 catches this season. It just won't be DeAndre Hopkins-esque numbers that we're used to because Ryan Tannehill is not going to throw in the ball all that well, and uh, it's just going to be a rough ride. Like, DeAndre Hopkins has not been able to stay healthy, and if he goes down, you got Traylon Burks as your number one, and that's going to be a problem. Yeah, uh, when he had his kind of criteria for a team, he wanted a an established quarterback, established coach, and an established GM. Well, Ryan Tannehill, he's a quarterback in the league. Yeah. He's been there, so mm-hmm. I, I guess you could call him he's established. Mike Vrabel is an established head coach. He's, he's a young head coach, but I, I still give him his flowers. As the teams that he is motivated to actually somewhat succeed is shocking. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, they just hired a new GM. Correct. Yes. Um, the from the 49ers. God, why can I not? Rand Carthon. Yeah. yeah. So he was able to meet one of his criteria, and that head coach is young. And it made sense why he wanted to go to New England. I mean, Matt Jones, not an established quarterback, but Bill Belichick is. I mean, if you want an established coach, that's your guy. Yeah. Yeah. And he's that's pretty much the GM, anyways. Yeah, he is the GM, and that's that's what they were. The Texans tried to do with Bill O'Brien. They were like, "Oh, you came from that coaching tree. You're like the same guy. Let's make it happen." <laughs> yeah, and that worked out. Um, yeah, but yeah, now nah, D Hop's decision to go there was always kind of puzzling to me. But I mean, the man's going to get double coverage every play, so you would imagine that you know some of these younger guys that the Titans have would be able to get open downfield or in the middle of the field. I don't know if Chig Okonkwo who the media in because I live around Nashville. Um, the media around here has been waiting to anoint this man the next great franchise tight end. I don't even know. I if drafted him in my fantasy league. It's my yeah. backup. Yeah, I don't even know if he caught a pass today. <laughs> I, I know at some point I checked his stats, and he it was like the third quarter, and he had zero catches, zero yards. So I mean, unless something changed that last quarter and a half, I'd. You know, there's no way he, like, lit it up. <laughs> he had uh, two targets today. No no catches. No catches. Yeah. See, and this is the problem. The They probably put – did Marshawn Lattimore play today? Do you know? The corner for the Saints? Um, I know he was questionable. Uh, yes, he did. 
Okay. So you put Marshawn Lattimore on DeAndre Hopkins, and the Titans are expecting double coverage. Mm-hmm. You're probably not double covering him if you've got Marshawn Lattimore on him, at least not as often. Yeah. So I, I imagine that 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 worked out pretty well for them. So they just straight up didn't know how to play football today. Brian Tannehill <laughs> was confused. He's like, whoa, 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 back up. There's not a safety help over top. I'm going to throw it to D hop on those on this 50 50 ball. Yeah. yeah. No, it's rough. Uh, you can't when you come out there expecting to be double covered and you're not, and there's not much you can do to alienate that decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're in some trouble. You're in some deep trouble. Uh, it's it's kind of like doing a pick them and you see the Cleveland Browns and you're like, Oh, it's the Browns. They're, they're definitely going to lose because it's those ugly ass uniforms and they don't even have a, an actual logo on their helmet. But yeah. no, they won today. <laughs> they by found a, a way to win. Yeah, by a wide margin. The the yeah. Bengals the Bengals just can't handle the Browns for whatever reason. Paul Brown yeah. is somewhere just continuously rolling over in his grave because of all the dirtiness that was done to him by the Browns organization. Yeah. Um, but. Jesus Christ. I mean, <laughs> wow. Rough. It was ugly. I have Burrow and Chase on my fantasy team because I was like, yeah. oh, the, du- the, the double duo. I mean, they'll be perfect. Yeah. And not week one. <laughs> not, not, not week one. Oh, no, man. I'm, I'm getting killed. I'm getting destroyed right now, which yeah. you throw it away, you say next week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Always another week. Thank um, God. Yeah. And uh, Houston, your Texans. C.J. Stroud, I'll go over his stats, 28 for 44, 242, 5.5 average, uh, five sacks, 21.3 QBR, and a 78 rating. Yeah. Um, so the offensive line did no favors for him. Um, we were already coming into this game down three starting offensive linemen. Uh, we were down to our third center. Um because the first one tore his LCL and ACL in training camp. Juice Scruggs has got a hamstring injury. Uh, Kenyon Green had season-ending shoulder surgery at left guard. Um, and then Titus Howard broke his hand and had surgery on that. Uh, Juice Scruggs and Howard are on short, short-term IR. So hopefully in, in a couple, three weeks, we'll, we'll get them back and they'll be healthy. And, you know, we can at least start to keep him upright. But uh, – we also brought in George Fant, who got hurt today, and we had to replace him with Michael Dieter, uh, a guard center, and he got worked on his first play in the game, and CJ got popped. He got hit a lot today. I am of the camp. Like, I know I say things all the time about Ohio State quarterbacks, but I feel like if you're going to give CJ Stroud the best opportunity to be the franchise guy, if the team is crap, sit his ass and let him learn. Mm-hmm. There's no reason to go out here and just take hit after hit to his confidence and to his body and, you know, hope that on the other side, he's got the resilience to be like, ah, we're going to bounce back every week, every season. I, I This is a guy who probably hasn't lost more than three games in a season since his like middle school. Mm-hmm. Um and that's that confidence in quarterbacks go hand in hand. You get a, a you can have the most talented quarterback in the world, but if he doesn't believe he can go out there and do it, he's going to go out there and play like shit. 
Yeah. And um, the, it's not like the Texans have the best uh, surrounding talent. I, watching the game, I was definitely uh, – there were some things that were bright spots. The defense played pretty well against the run. Um, I mean, that was where most of the touchdown damage was done. But that was through uh, Justice Hill, who had eight carries for nine yards and two touchdowns. Uh, J.K. Dobbins tore his Achilles today. Yeah, he's done. Yeah. So, I mean, that was nice to see because every year for the past couple, three years, uh, it's been, oh, somebody's going to hand the ball off? Wow, that was a 75-yard touchdown run. <laughs> um, and it's disgusting. It's disgusting. So yeah. that was at least something to to be like, all right, we got a little bit better on that front. Um, I, I took the under on Lamar's passing yards today, which hit um, – mostly because I knew he wouldn't have to throw the ball a whole hell of a lot uh, or for a lot of yards. Yeah. And uh, I was right. And look, I, I anticipated the, the Texans probably wouldn't score double digit points. Um, I, I, I think my prediction was like 35 to 10, I think maybe. But so pretty, pretty close. Yeah. It was, it wasn't exactly perfect, but I'll take it. Um, there's so much, uh, youth on this team. Will Anderson got his first sack today, but it's going to be a rough year. Um, there's a lot of Texans fans out here saying that we're, you know, we're threatening, uh, the Jags this year, or we're going to have, you know, greater than five or six wins. And I'm like, you guys realize that five or six wins would be absolutely monumental. Like, with the roster that we have, I don't care that our offensive line is top 10 and pay everywhere else is suspected change over the next couple of years. Yeah. I mean, Nico Collins, this is his last year to prove it. Robert Woods is old. Noah Brown on his second team. He's predominantly a special teams player. Mm-hmm. That's just the wide receiver room. Dalton Schultz, one year deal. I mean, the offensive weapons are going to be in a state of flux for years to come. And people think we're going to be trying to win right now? Come on, son. If we're going to suck, let the man learn on the sidelines and not take the hit to his confidence. It doesn't mean he's trash. All it means is we don't want to break him before, you know, we're actually using him. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're really not using him right now. CJ Stroud's running for his damn life and flinging the ball down there. And half the dudes are dropping the passes. It's Matt Ryan is not retired yet. Well, look, I would rather see Davis. You go and sign Matt Ryan. (laughs) No, Uh, I'd rather (laughs) see. I'm also not of the opinion that you have to have a veteran guy in there for someone else to learn. Like, like, uh, let's take AR and Gardner Minshew. Mm -hmm. I feel if, if, if this was Ballard's first year, then Anthony Richardson probably wouldn't be playing right now. There'd be a lot less pressure on the GM spot to come down there and be like, Hey coach, you know, if the rookie doesn't play and we play like shit, I'm out. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be upset if, you know, at some point we're not winning a lot of games. Davis Mills comes in. I, if we're going to suck, we're going to suck regardless. And why not let Davis go out there and get those, get those hits 
and potentially get himself a, another contract with another team. Cause I mean, he's definitely not going to be back here, but I, I would prefer that to happen just because there's, there's not much positive on the offense right now. Yeah. Um, I, I always agree with sitting the rookie. That's, that's my, that's always been mine. We, you know, we talked a little earlier. We, we definitely agreed on that. I think Richardson really should have sat, um, I've been sold on him, but I'm not. If it was my choice, I would have sat him. Yeah. Stroud, again, there's no reason to play. I think I can see from the other side of, you know, I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate here, that yeah. if if he, it's so bad now that when it's easy, he'll be even better. You know, I mean, if he's really going through the tough times and he can, he can go through a 17-game season dealing with all of this bullshit with a terrible offensive line, then he'll be really, really good when, when the team is really good, when they have a good offensive line, he'll be able to appreciate it more. But I just don't think that's – I think that is such a slippery slope because a lot of these guys will just get hurt and then they're done. Yeah. One quarterback example of a guy who went through the bad times and is now struggling in the good times. Um, not necessarily in – Week one, uh, his performance wasn't great, but Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson was drafted to a team who had no offensive line to speak of. Mm -hmm. Um, He struggled to uh, stay upright most games in his rookie season, and um, but he eventually figured out how to play with a bad team, Mm -hmm. and they eventually got the Texans to get over the hump a little bit and get into the playoffs and win the division three years. Um, but then he gets sent to the Browns and we all know why. Um, and he has not done well. And the Browns have a much better offensive line than he's ever had in Houston. Yeah. I think what happens when you play behind a bad offensive line is it gives you, gives your quarterback an opportunity to learn bad habits because it's out of necessity rather than like a one-time thing or, you know, a couple times a game. It's a bad habit. Deshaun Watson feels like he's pretty much always got to be outside of the pocket. And when he's in the pocket and it's not collapsing, he's like, what, what's going on right now? Yeah. Um, I think that there's a lot of things that uh, CJ Stroud has the potential to learn both good and bad uh, when it comes to having to deal with the bad offensive line play and the injuries that the Texans are going to be dealing with. But, it just kind of comes down to would you rather have a, a slight increase in wins this year or a franchise quarterback to me? And I'm not even saying that he necessarily will be that, but you got to give that quarterback the opportunity to sit and learn so that when the time comes to be the franchise guy, he's ready. Yeah. Most of these dudes in the first round have not sat for any length of time since what maybe freshman year in college for some of these guys yeah most of them i would say so it's been i mean for richardson it's been like a year but for a lot of those other guys it's been like two to probably two to three years yeah and when they're sitting they're learning they're not necessarily not necessarily the colleges develop all of the quarterback things that you need to do. But if you've got dudes who haven't sat for a while 
and you're talking about a position that confidence is the biggest part of it, sitting is not a bad idea. Like, I don't, I don't understand the, oh, it's uh, like uh, the, the guy does the cult stuff on my channel. He was like, if we sit Richardson, it's admitting failure. How, how is that admitting failure? I don't know. It's like, he's like, well, we took him with a fourth pick. If he's not starting, then that means we missed on the fourth pick. I'm like, no, it doesn't. It doesn't mean that at all. It just means that, you know, what you have right now to field is probably not ready enough for your quarterback or vice versa. Like, mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that Anthony Richardson sucks. It just means that Anthony Richardson needs to sit down, digest, yeah. learn. I don't know why everybody's so afraid of it. Especially, it's, that's like why quarterback contracts are so light on the pocketbook. Mm -hmm. it, it gives you that flexibility to surround people on your, or surround that quarterback with people on your team. Yeah. That's the whole point. And um, that people just aren't figuring this out. And it, it's kind of annoying. It's so, I, I can equate it to like, take a, take a handful of seeds and you throw them into a, like a, a big square of concrete, right? couple of those seeds are going to slip through the cracks and they're going to grow and they're going to blossom into a flower. You know, every once in a while you have some weeds and some concrete, but a lot of those seeds are going to die. Yeah. And a lot of these teams are not a, a good environment for a quarterback to grow. Every once in a while, a great quarterback's going to grow out of a really shitty environment. Yeah. But a lot of these guys, something, something wrong, something bad is going to go wrong. The seed's going to get stepped on and it's going to break or, you know, so, something will happen. Yeah, that's it. And, and saying the we admit failure. It's you're looking at your future. I, I feel like that is a short term way of looking at things. And that, that is probably what Ballard is looking at. It. He's like, I got to keep my job. You know, yeah. can can you blame the guy? He wants to keep his job. <laughs> like, you really can't blame him for that. I think Casario is in the same situation Ballard's in. He had um, he's had maybe one really good draft. Um with you know Stingley and all those guys, but uh, and last year was pretty solid too. But <laughs> um, the the fact that CJ Stroud had to start and that D'Amico Ryan's waited until Wednesday or whatever to announce that he was going to start for the uh, Baltimore Ravens game, um, I, I think it was a lot more to do with uh, Casario being like, "Hey, we got to start Stroud," and D'Amico being like, "I." don't know if I want to do that. Um, it, I don't really know exactly how much freedom that man has, but um, I can imagine a similar scenario happening where yeah. Casario's got to have him starting because it's not like he had, since Casario's been here that we've just been, you know, beating everybody. Um, we've been a revolving door at head coach, and it's it's been kind of an embarrassment lately to be a Houston Texans fan, to be honest. It's uh, I'll be honest. It's been an embarrassment to be just an AFC South team fan. I feel like yeah. even the great years from those teams end in embarrassment. They, they always do. I mean, the Jags, the most recent one, they were nine and eight. <laughs> That's not something that really hang your hat on. I know they went on a run and they played well against Kansas city. So that's not losing that way is not an embarrassment, but the best team you can send out there is a nine and eight. Jaguars team, the probably the most feeble franchise out of all of them. I mean, yeah. good lord. Yeah, I, 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 
I don't know, man. The AFC South is in for a world of hurt this year if uh, these these showings continue. Um, yeah, the Jags the Jags might just you know win 11, 12 games because of how bad uh, everything in the AFC South is. I had them splitting with the Titans initially. I don't know if I'll maintain that one, but we'll see. The Titans look really bad. I was trying to pay attention as much as I could to their game because the Colts were on at the same time and. They looked – I mean, it was it was hard to watch. I mean, the Saints weren't that much easier to watch. But yeah. Yeah, you, no. you would expect – I guess you kind of expect more from that team where it's like the Saints are like, well, they're pretty shitty. You know, I mean, Derek Carr's their quarterback. You go into it, you're not really sure what's going to happen. But, like, the Titans, it's just been year after year of, of disappointment. Yeah. For them. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, basically since that AFC championship game, they've been the most injured team in the league. Um, there's just not a lot going right for the Titans right now. Eventually, though, you know, once they get rid of Tannehill or draft a new guy or whatever, um, eventually they'll get it figured out. But it looks real rough right now to be a Titans fan. Yeah, and when when people talk about an in, injured team, right? You know, you look at like one year and it's like, wow, this team was just riddled with injuries. Okay, that's fine. Even like two years, you can say, okay, it, you know, it was just two bad years. But when it's just continuous, it's the same thing with the Ravens. At that point, yeah. there is a fundamental issue, no matter what. I mean, you cannot yeah. keep your guys healthy. Yeah, the strength and conditioning coach for these organizations needs to probably be reevaluated, if not fired outright. Yeah. Um, I've been banging that table for, for the Titans since the 2020 season. Or 20, mm-hmm. which one? They got the, it was the year after the, yeah, 2021, where they went to, they were the one seed in, uh, lost. They got their more. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. T- twenty. Yeah, it was twenty-one. Twenty-one. They were the they were they were the one seed with the most injuries in NFL history on one team. I think they fielded uh, a total of like ninety-seven players. Yeah, uh, which is you basically had two different teams. It's embarrassing. Yeah. Oh, and then the next season they were like too shy of breaking the record. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're gonna try and break it this year, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see, but um, I mean, yeah, that, that's that's bad. That whoever that strength and conditioning coach is 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 uh, is, is he's not on a hot seat at this point. His ass has been melted. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's yeah. just stuck to the chair. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, AFC well, the, the one good thing about it is football's back. Thank that's, God. That's the greatest thing of all time. Mm-hmm. I love football. If I die and there is no football in the afterlife, just send me back. I, I've said if I die in August, just I like I don't know what I would do because I waited <laughs> a whole off season. Like like Jimmy Buffett died in August. I was like, I like that would suck. That would be brutal. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wouldn't man, even that... want to go to my own funeral. No, no. I was like, dude, is it Sunday right now? You got my funeral on a Sunday? I would I would put in my will. You guys are not allowed to do a funeral on Sunday if it's if it's during the football season. You can't because I don't want anybody to miss it. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. the greatest league. I, it is moved. I used to be a baseball fan over football. Now it's flipped. It it is turned into football because it's just it's just my day to it's just a day to relax. It's just it's awesome. Sit down, oh, yeah. eat food. I sat in a chair for seven hours straight today, which I haven't done that since February yeah. or January, probably. Nice. Awesome. 
Yeah, there's there's nothing better than having nothing to do but kick back and watch football. It's it's yeah. it's up there. It's like cleanliness is next to godliness. Football mm-hmm. is like like right there. Yeah. Um yeah. All right, let's uh let's go to our draft. So in in uh spirit with football and you're on the show, we're going to be doing an AFC South draft. Okay. This one was difficult. So, um you have to do one player, one uniform, one game, one coach, and one season for a specific team. So, you know, like the whatever, 2002 Colts or the 2002 Titans, whatever. Um, you. So you have to pick a specific one. I'm, it's a snake draft, so I'm going to let you go first with the first pick, if you want it, or you can have the, the second one okay. since you're the guest. Or, I, I, I don't care. It's your show. You tell me what to do. I got you. I'll, I'll give you the first pick. Okay. Uh, so is the first pick, uh, am I picking out of players? Uh, you can do whatever. Oh, okay. Okay. So there's not like a – all right, I got you. Um, first pick, current or former players included? It can be former as well. Okay. Hmm. Andre Johnson? That's a good pick. Okay. I right. uh, played for both uh, the Texans and the Titans and the Colts. Three, three AFC South teams. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't know why he didn't go for the full Infinity Gauntlet and go to play in Jacksonville, but you know, whatever. <laughs> he's, a, he's a legendary wide receiver. He's a fantastic wide receiver. That's a great pick. Right. Um, yeah. I'm going to leave my player to the end now. Um, I'm I'm more going so you there's like a few ways you can look at this as as how you're drafting you can draft the best you can draft your favorite or you can draft just for the spirit of the AFC South. Mm. Um, I'm gonna draft for the spirit of the AFC South. Oh God! I'm gonna take my game. Okay. I'm gonna do Week 18 of the 2022 NFL season: Colts and Texans, two of the worst teams in the league. The mm. Texans win the game and ruin their chance at, at the number one pick. Yeah. Um, basically, Lovey Smith was just – it was a big middle finger to the Texas Texans organization yeah. saying, I'm going to fucking win this game. The Colts lost it on a Hail Mary that went right through the defensive back's hands. It was shit mountain, like Personified. The, the epitome of shit mountain. Yeah, yeah. Woof. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Somehow that game was um, a must-watch game at the end. Yeah. I don't know how it was. Through just sheer determination on Will uh, on uh, Lovey Smith's part. Yeah. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow suit, and I'm going to draft a game here as well. Well, uh, I'm, I'm, I get the wraparound. Oh, snake draft. Yeah, you're right. I'm stupid. Um, I'm going to go with... I'm going to take a uniform. Mm. This is this was this was a horrific uniform. This was full AFC South. This is with Peyton Manning. The Colts have not had very many alternate uniforms. And I'm not taking the the most disgusting uniforms on the planet or the which are the ones that are coming out this year. Um I'm going to be taking the blue helmet throwbacks that they wore. I can actually pull up a picture if you don't remember them. I think um, I do. They were a navy blue helmet with the horseshoe on the back. Yeah, uh, with the was there a number on the side or something? I 
can't remember actually if there was a number on the. I don't think there was a number on the side. Uh, um, I remember the helmet. Let's see know. if I can. Here we go. This is probably the uh, the best one here. Let me present it up here. This one right here. Dun, dun, dun. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. The stri- no number on the back. Or no no number on the helmet, but just double horseshoe woof. in the back. Yeah. These are uh I, I don't know if they are truly throwbacks or the Colts are just like we don't really have that <laughs> much of a difference in um in our uniform and we're just gonna we're gonna try something new, but they're not good. They're not good at uniforms, besides the, the classic Colts uniform. Well, that has inspired me, and uh, I'm going to follow suit here with the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars jerseys and helmet combo that had the gold and black on it. That, like, faded from, like, black to gold or gold to black. Oh, the, the Blake Bortles? Yeah, Blake Bortles era helmet. Yeah, that. <laughs> that was uh, one hell of a uniform. That helmet was gross. <laughs> I thought about going with the clean Jags ones from like the, the 90s with the actual Jaguar on the arm. Those are awesome. I love those. But um, in the spirit of yours, I had to go with the the worst the, helmet. The matte, it was matte black going into the shiny gold. Yeah. What What is going on? What is going on here? <laughs> Somebody was on some drugs, and uh, yeah, the (laughs) terrible, terrible helmet. Uh, Ah, the little Jags patch I like though, just says Jags, uh, Jaguar. I do like that. How long did those stay? They couldn't have been there for too long, it was like four or five years tops. I feel whenever I think of their uniform, I think of those because it's just the Jaguars, but I, I just couldn't remember exactly how long. Yeah, I think it was there for basically all of Blake Bortles. And then the moment he left, they were like, all right, let's change it up again just to try to keep the fan base somewhat happy. They are, it was, he was like their best quarterback in franchise history. Yeah, I mean, he's he's, uh, they're going to the AFC Championship. (laughs) Yeah, no, he's actually like their number three in like almost all of their passing stats. It's ridiculous. (laughs) Now he's now he's working construction on his new house. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, poor Bortles. Uh, (laughs) All right, um, your next one. All right, so you said a game. I'm going to go with the. Um, let's see here. I'm gonna go with the Rosencopter game, Titan or Texans Colts. It's where Sage Rosenfels had to start in place of Matt Schaub, and with uh, probably about eight minutes left to go in the fourth quarter, the Colts score 21 unanswered points to end up winning the game. Do I remember this? Uh, what year was this? Uh, this was a little bit before my time. Yeah, no, slightly <laughs> before my time. Houston was winning that game by like two two scores, I believe, in the fourth. There was a, a pick six. Uh, Sage Rosenfels then on the next drive is driving down the field, decides he's going to take the ball off and run with it, 
and jumps for the first down. Somebody hits his legs and he spins like a helicopter and fumbles the ball. Dwight Franey then scoops it and scores for like a 73-yard scoop and score. Um, (laughs) And then Peyton gets the ball last and ends up getting the game-winning score. And I was like – I'm watching it right. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. It it was that's uh it's an iconic game for that reason. Uh it's also the reason that Sage Rosenfels is probably one of the best backups we've ever had. Um, because anytime he came in for Matt Schaub during his tenure, then that man he played well. There was literally no drop off at all between him and Schaub for a while. Is there something about those uniforms, the the Texans uniforms, that make them look about 10 years older? Like the quarterback look 10 years older to you? Um, No, but he was old as hell. He was like mid-30s at the time. Because those, those Texans uniforms, to me, make anybody look old. It's the, the arm sleeves, isn't it? I think so, because yeah. the same thing, the Packers have the same thing. I saw like an edit of Taysom Hill in a Packers uniform, and he looked like he was 40 years old. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's not too far off from how old he is actually, but yeah. No, <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, there's something to that. I think it's the arm sleeves and some of those old shoulder pads and the way the helmets used to look and stuff, because mm-hmm. now that's all that's all old now. So, I mean, no wonder, but um. Ah, man. Ah, God, what a time to be alive for that game. Yeah. That was Um, Let's see. I I really don't want to double up on on that Colts and Texans Week 18 game. I'm looking at my coach. Oh, man. This one's tough. I think – I'm not. I'm not too aware of the of the AFC South head coaches. I guess because I, I've looked at Frank Reich and I was like, "This is." I feel like he's the guy. He, he's he's in the AFC South and the NFC South. He loves the South divisions. He played for the Panthers. Mm-hmm. The NFC South is our brother. They're also horrible. They're they're the worst division in their league as well. Yeah. So I feel like Frank Reich jumping from the AFC South to the NFC South makes him one of the ultimate. South division coaches. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, and then probably Tony Dungy is in that equation. Because he, yeah, he jumped, he jumped, but he won a Super Bowl. So that's the problem. He was successful. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, I guess technically Lovey Smith fits that because his between uh, between Tampa and Houston, he did go to Illinois, but uh, that was his last co- head coaching job in the NFL. Trying to think yeah. who else. Um, Dom Capers. He was a head coach for the Jaguars, maybe a defensive coordinator for the Jaguars, one of the two. And then the head first head coach for the Texans. Um, I think he was the defensive coordinator for the Packers last I saw. But um, trying to think if there's any more like random little crossovers like that. I don't think so. I, I was trying to find some coaches that that coached for like were head coaches for multiple teams in the AFC South, and I just couldn't couldn't swing it. I don't think. Yeah, no, I don't usually, think so. Usually, you don't uh, go back you, to your division. Yeah, yeah. You try to. <laughs> you're like, all right. I'm tired of seeing these motherfuckers' faces. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
<sighs> All right. And then I'm going to go. Let's see. I think I'm going to go to a team. Okay. I'm going to go to the worst division division winning team um, in AFC South history, the, the 2022 Jaguars. They were 9-8, and eight and they won the division that year. That was the worst year for the division they've ever had. And this year, they could be even worse. Yeah. So I'm giving my flowers to the 2022 Jacks. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Um, I'm just trying to think about what I'm going to do now in response. So player, uniform, team, game. Uh, coach and game. Coach and game. Okay. You have a player, a uniform, and a game. Copy. Okay. Well, it's still, it's Snake, so it's you again anyway. I, I did too. I did, did Frank you? Reich and the 2022 Jags. Oh, sick. All right. All right. Wasn't, all right. My brain ain't braining right now. Um, coach Jeff Fisher. Former Titans coach. Um, he just he exudes that that energy too of like the the shit mountain. He he's the king of shit mountain. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if there was anyone to ever exude that, that would be him. Um, okay, so coach, player, team. Let's go team this one. What was it? Uh, what was the year that the Colts? actually won the Super Bowl against the Bears. Was that 2006? Yes. I'm going to go 2006 Colts. because they were, they were my second option. Yeah. I mean, that was... I, I Being a Tennessee fan, the way that I... A volunteer fan, the way that I am, I, I've always found it hard to root against Peyton. Hmm. Even though he was in the division and beating up my team literally every freaking year. Uh, there was still nothing better than watching that former Vol go out there and light it up, set yeah. records and all that other stuff. I mean, that season was great. My dad was a Bears fan and uh, also, also hugely enamored with Peyton. That was one hell of a game. Yeah. Um, I have a player. You already took your player, so I can actually just kind of actually you did all your yours, but um, Mister Irrelevant, I guess. I'm I'm between Chris Conley, who has played, he's caught a pass for three out of four AFC South teams, or Ryan Fitzpatrick because it's Ryan Fitzpatrick. He was well known starter for the Texans and Titans. I think that's pretty well known. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Con, I don't really know much about Chris Conley, so I'm I'm gonna stay away from him. I'm gonna go Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's well loved around the league. He's a journeyman. He started games for, I think, over nine different teams. Yeah. Um, and I think most AFC South players, it's it's the same thing. They're, they're kind of journeymen. You know, you have some good quarterbacks here and there. But he just he, he gives out that energy. Um, Fits magic, obviously, when he was with the Bucks, which our brother, uh, NFC South. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't – was he with anybody else? No, he wasn't with the Falcons, not with the Saints. So no. he's, he's uh, only done three – he's on three South teams, though. Um, and were they any good those years? They were all right. They I don't think right. they were. I don't think they ever really did much. I mean, he was still playing when Drew Brees was still in the league, so it's like it was the Saints division. 
I'm but... talking about um, when when he was with the Titans or the oh the Texans. Well, with the Texans, he was mid. He had mm-hmm. like I think we I think the year he was there, we were like eight and eight, nine and seven. I think that was one of the years we won the division with uh, Bill O'Brien. <laughs> and then um, uh, with the Titans, I want to say he was a little a step down from what he did with Houston. Yeah, it says uh, he came in, replaced Jake Locker with the Titans. Uh, he signed a two-year deal in 2013. Played 11 games, started in nine of them, finished the season three and six as a starter. Mm-hmm. He did beat the Jags and the Texans in the final two games of the season. Um, yeah. Charlie Whitehurst actually replaced him on the Titans in 2014 after he was oh. released. Nice. And then with Houston, he signed a two-year deal in 2014. Um, he was a starter by Bill O'Brien, but was demoted on um, N- numerous November occasions. 5th. Oh, numerous. Yes. <laughs> yes. He was uh, he was demoted by and replaced by Ryan Mallett, but then mm-hmm. a few weeks later, Mallett tore his peck and Fitzpatrick was then put in. Um during week 13, uh, he won 45-21 over his former Titans. Threw six down six touchdown passes in that game. Franchise record, 358, no picks, and a 147.5 passer rating. I don't know how that's not a perfect passer rating, you would think. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, what was it 158.3 or something? Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, during the second quarter of a week 13, 70 to, 17 to 10 loss to the Colts, scrambled for a two-yard gain and was tripped up, ended up with a fractured left tibia, ending his season. He was replaced by Tom Savage, who yep. also received a minor injury. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it was, there was literally, it was, we went from that year to Brian Hoyer and Ryan Mallett and still won the division. I'm like, in uh, 15? Yeah, I think there was like, there was like three out of four years or something we won the division and two of them we won with nine and seven records. (laughs) Uh, And, and one of those years it was Brian Hoyer would start for a game and a half. And then at halftime of the second game, uh, Brian or uh, Ryan Mallett would come in and light it up. Mm-hmm. It, so it out of, eventually it became a thing with like, if the first half sucked, the second quarterback would come in at halftime. And w- without exception, there was the, the quarterback off the bench always played better. It was a weird year. And that's how we ended up winning any of our games. That's got to be a mental thing because I feel like a lot of the backup running backs that come in, like Deion Jackson was named starter, and he was horrible. But when a lot of those backups come in, I think they know they got nothing to lose. So yeah. they're like, I'm going to play my ass off. I'm going to I'm gonna do everything I can, and they're really good. Yeah. yeah. And that's I guess that, that is the difference between a great player and an average player is when the pressure is on, you can't perform versus when there's no pressure. Yeah. And uh, that was that was how the Texans lived and died. That's how well like, half of our division championships have have, have been, just kind of scraping it done. Yeah, that's why. And then uh, you always run into the you always run into the Patriots or the Ravens back then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
That, a not, couple of years, I think you guys ran into the Bengals, right? Oh yeah, that was um, that was was that was Tom Savage's. No, that was T.J. Yates' rookie year. Um, yeah. We drafted him out of North Carolina. He, uh, I think Matt Schaub was the guy, and he got hurt like week eleven, week ten. Tom Savage came in, and we ended up winning like three of our last six and securing our first playoff berth. And we ended up mm-hmm. – that was the game in the playoffs against the Bengals that J.J. Watt had that pick six. That's what I remember. Yeah. I never thought I'd hear that name, T.J. Yates, ever again. Yeah. In my life. <laughs> there, there's just it, – it's funny when you talk about, like, just old quarterbacks. There's so many names. You're like, oh, I remember that guy. I remember yeah. that guy. Mm-hmm. Well, was Curtis Painter the backup for Peyton every year for a while? Because that's the only not, reason I remember that name. Oh, it was Jim Sorgi. That's who I was thinking. Yes. Of. Jim Sorgi. Painter was for the last couple years, I think. Yeah. I want to say for let's see. I mean, we could we could do a whole other episode on just name naming names, naming <laughs> AFC South quarterbacks oh, man. on this. Uh let's see. He was with uh, oh he's with Indy from 09 to eleven, really? Oh, painter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Painter was yeah. yeah. That makes the sense. The first thing that comes up on his Wikipedia is his high school career. Wow. <laughs> this man lit it up. <laughs> uh, sometimes it's better than sometimes it's better than lighting it up in the NFL high school. Yeah. Smaller town, you're a real celebrity. Yeah, that's true. Oh God. All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up. Thank you. Uh, thanks for coming on, man. This is awesome. Love having you on. I'm sure we'll do it again throughout the season. Uh, it's yeah, going to be sure. an interesting year, to say yeah, the least. I 100% agree. This is going to be an absolute um, – I don't want to say barn burner because that in, in kind of implies that there's good things happening. But um, it's going to be one hell of an interesting year for the AFC South. The Colts? Uh, the Colts games, it was fun today. I'll say that. It was fun to watch. So yeah. maybe that's the only thing I could I could hang my I could say is there'll be fun games to watch because it'll be an athletic quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and CJ didn't look lost out there, which was, you know, yeah. a big a lot of people's fear. Um, but you know. Uh, yes, I will be back on your show basically anytime you want. Uh, I gotta get you on mine sometime in the near future um folks if you're not already liked and subscribed go ahead and hit this man's like subscribe button like do it what are you what are you waiting on yeah what are you guys waiting on uh, what, what's going on it's right there go ahead go ahead and do it for curtis's too. go to this afc south or uh, curtis podcast network sorry yeah. on um and youtube on youtube yeah. and you can yep. do that very also, easy just one click of a button yeah um yeah uh it's always a blast coming on here, brother. It's always a lot yeah. of fun. We always have good conversations. Um, I'm excited to see you guys on your channel kind of explode. Thank uh, you. you guys, you've been putting a lot of work in. I, I, like I said, before we started, I love the the new display, the background and everything that we're sitting on. It's amazing. I love it. Yeah, I hope the I hope the audience loves it. This is the new one. So, yeah, new, new season. And you know what? We just got to say thank you for football. I got to thank the NFL. You guys are probably kind of corrupt. You guys are probably doing some weird shit behind the scenes, but I'm a, I'm a simple man. Mm-hmm. If I see football on the screen, 
even if it's college, I'm going to sit down and watch. But when it's the NFL, it's that much better. So thank you to the NFL. Thank you oh, for football. I don't – I have a problem with thanking Roger Goodell, so I'm not going to do it. But um, football. We're not going to thank – we're not thanking Roger Goodell. We're thanking the players <laughs> and the coaches for being there. <laughs> That's true. That's true. All right. Thank you, NFL players and coaches, for doing what you do. Uh, general managers to a lesser extent, um, but, you know – Kind of. We, also vaguely included uh yeah yeah no um thank you all for watching make sure to hit that like and subscribe and we will see you next week be good